everybody. Welcome to the Welcome to the Fam podcast. Today, we have a special guest, and this is episode one. And I brought on a very special guest for episode one. I thought we'd kick this thing off right. We have Brennan Steele, who is the author of Breathe, a guided healing journal for black men. And this thing is amazing. I've been working through it myself. I highly recommend I'm going to stop bragging on the book for just a minute, and I'm going to allow Brenna Steele to uh, introduce himself. So welcome, Mr. Steele. Yes, man. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Um, yeah. Like I said, um, name is Brenna Steele. I'm really from Nashville. I moved to Memphis about three years ago. <laughs> um, and... Even though Nashville, we have our own biases towards Memphis. Like I will say that I love Memphis a lot better than Nashville now. <laughs> awesome. We'll take that. We'll take that. There's a competition going on right now between right. Memphis and Nashville. <laughs> always to get a, it's always good to get a win. Right. They got the NFL and the hockey, but we still got NBA and we got Brennan Steele. So good <laughs> one. Uh, and you also went to Duke University. Yes, yes. I graduated Duke University, um, studying history, African-American studies. Um, and yeah, that was, that was an experience. Um, I loved Duke because um, they, it was like a work hard, play hard. Mm. So it was very high academics, a lot of um, like great op academic opportunities, but also we have, um, Duke basketball, which is also great. I went to a few games and that was kind of like my way to get away from school. But also um, a lot of other things, like I think it was a nice balance between um, like the college experience and like really high academic standards. Um, also, I got sorry, I'm gonna have to do a Kanye. I'm sorry to interrupt you, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> but you said Duke basketball. Yeah, yeah we from Memphis. This Tiger Country. So what's up? What's up with taking the allegiance? Taking the allegiance from Duke and putting that. Uh, y'all haven't y'all haven't won that yet. Yeah, take take a little bit at a time. <laughs> got you got the city. You got the city allegiance. I can't give you the the, the basketball allegiance yet. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But anyways, well, glad to have you on. Glad to hear more about breathe. Uh, this is amazing work. I'm so excited. When I first heard you talk about it, I was excited. And now to see it completed, I'm just, yeah, this is amazing. Uh, can you tell tell us more about the motivation of, behind the book? What inspired you to create this work? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the motivation and inspiration came a lot of my own story. Um, mm -hmm. So I think uh, I, I tell people that I am firstly recovering from like um, perfectionism and performance. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the way in which I dealt with life. Like um, as things happened, I didn't deal with them. Instead, I threw myself into leadership positions. I threw myself into grades. I threw myself into all these things that I could put myself first. Mm -hmm. um, I went to a magnet high school and I went to Duke, um, which top tier school and both of those are very very competitive environments mm. um and that was kind of like the name of the game there um i think once i moved to memphis um uh, i'm a teacher um and so <laughs> teaching like 
there's so many things that you are to students. There's so many things that uh, you, uh, I guess, experience as a teacher um, that like I didn't have space to stuff anymore. I didn't have space to perform really and, and I couldn't be perfect anymore. Um, and so that kind of like really um, just exposed so many things um, in my life that I was trying to avoid. And so I think over, over time, I just really got into this dark space um, um, and then I eventually started going to counseling and started really doing um, a lot of the work to, to heal. Um, and um, yeah, I think in the last couple months or in this, in this COVID-19, um, so last, I guess, six, six months now, um, I kind of, the, 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 I guess the idea around uh, mental health and just like this, like wholeness and wellness really started um, sitting with me more. Um, and then you had George Floyd, you had um, Ahmaud Arbery, you had Breonna Taylor, you had all of those um, continued, I mean, it's had happening, but these continued, this continued violence against black people. Um, and so I thought about these, I, this idea of like, um, one thing that really affected me was as a man and as a black man, I, I struggled to uh, figure out how to emote and still feel like I was following the masculinity rules mm -hmm. uh, set by society. Uh, but then on the other hand, I was dealing with this very real racial trauma um, that um, comes from when you see, for me, like George Floyd hit really hard when you see like um, the life literally leave someone um, and that person looks like you. Um, you don't know what, like, it's just like this racial trauma that you're experiencing at the same time as the same, like the same society that is causing this trauma um, is telling you that you're not supposed to emote because you're a man. And then even specifically like the, the, the extra burden of being a black man. And so, yeah, I, that's what, that's, those things kind of all came together um, in order to um, create the, um, the inspiration for this book um, or this journal. Um, cause I, I wanted to kind of take my own story also like this shared experience that black men are having mm -hmm. and just provide a resource for them, um, to kind of start to, to do the own work in their lives. Yeah. And what you're doing with this book is, man, this is such a blessing right now because us as black men have felt so much a lot of us have felt so much that's been a collective burden uh right. across the board age-wise and everything right. how we responded to how we you know, experienced these emotions related to the george floyd incident yeah. uh, maybe even elijah mcclain and some of the others that were brought to the forefront this summer and yeah. a lot of times guys don't have a road map right so we feel it but we don't know how to process it. We don't know what to do with it. We can't even necessarily identify what right. we're doing. Right. So I think what you did with this really put the ball on the tee for some others who maybe have been in some confusion or lack of clarity around what they have felt. So can you kind of explain how to use Breathe? Because this is, it's a yeah. process to be worked through. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm a teacher. And so it's definitely <laughs> in a, 
I think about it, like teachers will know like this idea of gradual release. Um, and so it's mm-hmm. definitely like a, it's got a, a pedagogical bend, bend to it. Um, so it is a three phase uh, journey, 45 days. Uh, that first journey, uh, first part of the journey is um, 30 days and it's um, pretty guided. It's more of a workbook in those first 30 days to kind of get your your feet wet um, in terms of writing, especially for men who haven't done a lot of writing before or struggle to know what to write about. Yeah. Um, and so each day gives a, a, it's a daily check-in about your emotions. Uh, I feel like if you can pin down what you're feeling, mm-hmm. um, that's huge. Instead of a lot of men when they're asked how they're, felt, they're feeling about something like, I don't know, or I'm fine, or I'm good, like, and, I think to really push into and lean into this idea of like, no, I'm hurt, Mm. I'm angry, um, I'm sad. Um, It's just a really huge step. Uh, From there, uh, you you have the space to explain why you feel those feelings based on what's happened um, in the time since you've written last. Um, And then there's like a specific subject. So the first 30 days is three um, themes. One is the story of self, so your own life story. Second is understanding the impact of your identity as a Black man. And then thirdly is emotional intelligence. And so you'll run through prompts in those three categories. The second phase is two more weeks. And this is when you're starting to actually just write. Um, I do give you suggested questions, but you can also go back and uh, elaborate on anything that you talked about in the first 30 days. But those questions, but it's just kind of getting you more into just like just writing. Um, and then that last phase, it's just one day, um, it's the 45th day, and it's, um, you're writing your life story from the time you were born to where you are now. Um, and essentially, like, that is, um, that is what the hope is that you're able to do by the end of the journal, by reflecting all the things that we've reflected on. And yeah. I think it's really important if you think about a, um, the moment where we're in when so many Black men uh, when they are uh, shot and or killed, um, and they become hashtags, and then their stories are kind of uh, relegated to the the um, the narratives of the media, um, and not actually who those men were. Yeah. And so, I think being able to claim your story does a lot for you personally, but also is like a is like a almost an act of resistance. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's kind of the journal. Um, it, it's 45 days. You can do it 45 days in a row. You can come back to it. I've had men reach out to me saying that like they missed a couple of days. And I'm like, no, it's good. Like, keep going. Like, some people might take a year. Somebody, some people will be done next month. Mm-hmm. It's all good. <laughs> in here, uh, at the beginning, when you talked about life story, and I like mm-hmm. this because it's reclaiming your narrative back yeah. Um, distorted narrative writing and culture, which we drastically need. And yeah. Here, where did it all start for you? Briefly describe your family of origin, where you're from, and where your journey began. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to the importance of family of origin, family narrative, and the need to understand where you came from? Yeah. Um, came from a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, we undersell the amount of of impact that our like 
upbringing has on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think recently you've seen a lot more of that uh, with a lot of people talking about attachment styles and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think that even in my own counseling journey, I've seen that like, even though my, I think my parents are amazing, um, I want to be like them. I want to have a marriage and family like them in so many ways. Like They're also imperfect. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the things that they brought to the table from their past um, ended up transferring to me or some of the things that um, they did when they when they thought that they were just doing the best that they could, like uh, impacted me in different ways. Um, but also it, 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 it informs the way that I um, interact in other relationships. It informs the way that I approach the world. Like I think like we are remiss if we say that like we are all just like individual people without any like influence from like our family even if you didn't have a good family relationship um and so yeah i think that's so important um to start there um because it it helps frame a lot of things throughout the rest of your life and that helped me frame a lot of my a lot of my wounds and my um my identity honestly uh from if I when I started there yeah and a lot of this stuff especially when we start digging into family of origin a lot of it uh it, it needs for you to come at it with a certain level of honesty and openness because you said it my parents were great parents but I have to accept that they weren't perfect parents it's only I mean we're, we're people of faith so we know there's only one perfect father, right? But So we have to be able to acknowledge that uh, maybe my parents fell short in this way or that way. And that's hard. It's hard to do. That's hard for me to do. I want I want to herald my parents in the scriptures, say, honor your mother and father, and I want to live that out. But I yeah. have to acknowledge that I live in a fallen world and my family is a part of it. So yeah, thank yeah. you for putting that in the book because we have to be willing to open that door. And that's a hard door to open sometimes for a lot of us. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of honesty and openness and vulnerability, uh, the brother, and I say the brother because he's a brother in the faith, uh, the brother Kanye West has made this conversation about mental health a little bit more public. I'm not bringing this up to pick on him. I actually like yeah. Kanye West. I love the album, and he's he's probably my favorite rapper. I, I like him. So, But I, I hate to watch him suffer like he's suffering uh, publicly right now. So can you speak to maybe Kanye West and his openness with his mental health struggle and how that's impacting the culture right now. Yeah. I mean, I think like say what you will about Kanye Kanye West. uh, But like one thing that I consistently think about is like, he is, he's open about it. He is, we know his mental health um, situation. Um, And like, I think that can be that, that's a lot more than what can be said for a lot of simply black men. Mm. Um, so like, I think like particularly in the black community, we have this tendency of like, oh no, she crazy or he's crazy. Like, like <laughs> it's right, and it stops there, and it's like also makes this like, um, I guess it's like this negative connotation around mental health, and um, I think that like, guess like. You can say Kanye West has a lot of things that he needs to figure out, address, or whatever. Uh, but like, I think that's a starting point that like 
that this mental health i this mental health in his life isn't like under wraps it isn't like mm-hmm. a secret it isn't something that isn't like necessarily like being like denied um and so i think that like i don't know like i don't i think that it it has the potential to impact the culture in a way that uh more people are going to be talking about mental health i mean you see that generally uh with um celebrities and sports players whatever um talking more and more about their um mental health and like i feel like that is causing a shift um amongst millennials and and gen z um in talking about their mental health um and and like even the people that i see that are most um excited about breathe for instance are people around my age or um yeah, a little younger a little older like it, it's not it's it's easier for them to be like no like i need this um and i don't and i think like people like kanye west um people like Charlemagne the guy like people like all these all these like high profile people that are starting to talk starting to talk about um mental health are like implicitly and sometimes explicitly kind of pushing that um as yeah. pushing the importance of mental health um on a broader level yeah you um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you yeah i'm glad you uh mentioned that that it, it's broadening and becoming more uh becoming less taboo rather and man we have needed that for a long time and we're yeah. still not there yet we got a long way to go but right. I, right. I think i think projects such as this will help uh help open that door yeah for some people um how would you speak to the brother because we think i mean i'm thankful that kanye is open and that he's out there with it he's a shameless brother um always has been but a lot of brothers aren't like that right so he's a he's a oddly free emotive man what about the brother who's more stoic or have been told things such as boys don't cry Uh, Mm -hmm. you know maybe even a man that's a generation up from us like an ex or a boomer who's like cry my wife doesn't need to see me cry my family doesn't need to see me they need to see me be strong you know what what do you say yeah, um, I remember the first time that I um, got emotional uh, with my counselor um, and um, essentially like it was about this idea of feeling weak or feeling mm-hmm. like uh, not masculine enough because I was like crying more or because I was dealing with all of my uh, past and my wounds and my emotions. And he was like, Brendan, like strength, like the strength that you have is is like way, way more than any strength that like is like physical or like the avoidance of, mm-hmm. of your emotion to be able to, um, to be able to like, identify process deal with your emotions is like a a sign of true strength wow Um, and so i think that that like was really impactful for me uh but also like i think that um like if you like even if you're not 
showing or dealing with whatever, showing your emotions or dealing with whatever is going on in your life, it's, it's, you're carrying it in some way. Yeah. Um, whether it's like health problems, whether it's like a strained relationship with any of your loved ones, like mm-hmm. it's carried some way. Um, and I don't think that you can have holistic healing or holistic um, health without dealing with your emotions and without dealing with the wounds of your past, without dealing with that, like the inner man. (laughs) Um, And so I think you can like think that you are being strong. You can think that like shutting down, not sharing, keeping it all in is strength, but it's like this like faulty strength that is only going to sustain you for so long. Um, And so I think I, I would say like, um, it's been encouraging because my dad has started going to the, through the journal, uh, which has been really cool. Uh, and I think it's like, it's just evidence that it's never too late to like start mm-hmm. and it's never too late to like um, live a fuller life. Because I feel like for me, um, me doing that has like paid off tenfold, if not more. Like, um, and me continuing to do that has just made me feel lighter. It's made me be able to deal with things and move on quicker like i'm able to be a more um whole and healthy uh person yeah you said holistic which makes me want to bring up faith yeah you you are a man of faith you're a believer and this is is the welcome to the fan podcast and it's talking about living by faith in a very real world all right and so with that being said after the little shameless plug i just did that (laughs) <laughs> uh, with, with that being said, uh, faith and mental health are sometimes juxtaposed in such a way that they're enemies, they're rivals. And especially mm-hmm. historically in the church, there's been this uh, taboo of counseling, therapy, or even medicine that would say that uh, a person would say, well, I have a pastor, I have a prayer life. God can heal me of anything that I'm going through. Why go pay someone X amount of dollars to sit in a chair when I can just pray and read the Bible? Yeah, how, how do you deal with that tension between faith and, and mental health coming from your, your, your uh, faith-based Christian worldview? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll say that the first time I tried to go to counseling was in college, and it was hard because... I was used to like, oh, just pray, you'll be all right. Or like, you aren't doing something well enough if you're still not figuring this out. Whether you're not praying hard enough, you're not worshiping enough, you're not spending enough time with God. Uh, And like, it was just hard to um, really submit to the process of counseling. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I wasn't, I stayed in for like maybe six weeks and they didn't go back. Um, And so I think, I mean, honestly, like it took like really getting to rock bottom. Like, no, like, let me try this again. (laughs) Um, But also, I think that um, two things. One, that like God is, um, God orchestrates and has like divinely orchestrated the world in so many different ways um, Mm -hmm. that I think that he he allowed for the field of counseling to be created <laughs> and mm-hmm. has put God people in that um in that role yeah. um or um uh, his children um again I think that like uh, we are expected to like give 
and like worship God fully and love him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, all of it. And you can't do that unless like all of those things are good. <laughs> like you can't do that unless like they're all in a healthy space. And I think that like part of that is going to counseling. The other thing I'll say is that I think my counselor is God's megaphone. Um, like my counselor has a way of saying things to me um, and um, saying them in a way that I know that he wouldn't have just known based off of what I've told him. Um, like God is working through him. Um, and, uh, but he's also giving me like the very, he gives me the spiritual, but he also gives me the very practical things to go along with it. Um, and so I think that it is, I think that like that, that idea that like um, counseling and faith have to be separate or that they are continually juxtaposed is like preventing um, us from fully thriving um, and preventing us from being able to worship God with everything that we have in some ways, for sure. I thank you for time, man. This is this has been good. Uh, I hope brothers get a hold of this. This is a blessing uh, to the community of faith because, as you said, we need to be healed holistically. And this is a, our, our mental and emotional health is a big part of us being healed holistically. And so, thank you for putting in the work and doing this and completing this. I know this is going to bless men and men's groups and individuals and people all over the world. So, thank you for putting in the work and, and doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. For sure. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So, like I said, we're going to wrap up for today, but thank you. And hopefully, we have you on again. Uh, as you, you got other stuff coming down, down, down the pipeline as well. So, I can't wait to have you back to talk about that. But where can people find this? Yes. So, you can find the book on Amazon. Um, you can also find it on Barnes and Noble online. Okay. Um, and there's some other booksellers that are selling it. Um, um, you can also go directly to uh, our social media um, on Instagram. It's Breathe Brother, uh, Breathe B R O T H A. Uh, I have some content there and like some 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 encouraging content on there, but also how to get the book is on there as well. So uh, anyway, any one of those mediums, you can find the book. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. I'll definitely be putting that link when we post this and share this with everybody. But thank you again for being on the Welcome to the Fan podcast. Everybody out there, we we'll hope to see you next time. We'll be doing this often. So um, be looking out for the next episode. All right.